Good morning. Welcome to Talk HR. I'm Simon Gear, and as you hopefully know by now, I help HR directors, managing directors, and CEOs find HR leaders for their own functions in the southeast of the UK. Speaking of HR leaders, I'm joined today by Simon Ricketson. Morning, Simon. Morning, Simon. Good morning, sir. I've known Simon a very long time. We were just discussing it. We met in 2005 uh, when Simon was working at Pfizer, actually. And I've, I've watched Simon's career closely over the last 300 years, it feels like now. Um, Simon uh, is particularly interesting to us as HR professionals in that he's made that move from an HR director role across to the group corporate services director at Nelson's, the natural healthcare business. So um, these kind of things don't happen that often. Recent story in the news this year, actually, um, this is a good comparison for you, Simon, but Judy Hart, who was at Apple and uh, Beats, made the move as a, a VP of HR across to the COO role of a, a smaller business, Peak Six. So we're seeing it happen more and more. Perhaps you were a trailblazer. But um, <laughs> what, I'd, what I'd like to do today with you, Simon, is, is I suppose start off with a bit of a career bio. So we met in, as I say, 2005. You were working at Pfizer. Give us a, a brief overview of your career trajectory from there. Yeah, sure. Um, and thanks for giving me the opportunity, Simon, to, to chat about uh, myself. Um, so, yeah, I was at Pfizer when we first met. And then I took a, a couple of roles outside of the pharma industry and then moved back to Pfizer in a different um, area um, for a temporary contract. And then we started about a discussion around uh, Roland Novartis, which yes. was the head of uh, HR for their um, uh, role down in uh, Horsham. So it's really interesting to we sort of followed our, uh, my career path through that. And then I was with the Novartis for a few years um, and were approached by Nelsons to come and help them change and support the CEO in taking the business forward. And it was a really interesting opportunity. Obviously, Novartis is a great company to be with, great company to work for. Um, but the opportunity to work in a smaller business where you can be a little bit more influential um, was really interesting. And when I met the CEO at the time, Najee Fayed, he had a really clear vision for where he wanted to take Nelson's, what he wanted to do, and he felt people were the heart of that. So for me, it was a great opportunity to come and join somebody who was really inspirational, really interesting in what he wanted to do, but recognised the importance of people making that journey happen. So that's my uh, career to date. Um, so once I joined um, Nelson's, I joined as the HR head of HR and then moved into the HR director's position um, and joined the, the leadership team uh, at that stage and then um, progressed through that. And I think as a, as a smaller organization, we've got about 300 people worldwide. The opportunity to take on additional responsibilities um, is there. And I think for me, it was an opportunity when um, the organization changes, people move on and opportunities present themselves. So the first types of activities were taken about the um, internal comms, um, activities and taking responsibility for those um, and then that took on the external comms and so comms fits naturally with a, a people role because you're trying to communicate and get across messages and I think core to that is that change management when you're moving through within communications is such a key part of getting people on board moving forward really understanding the reasons for change and then coming along with you on that journey and I think as we then move forward another change happened we changed CFO so I picked up the IT function, but part of that was um, an interest in IT and technology. Um, yes, I'm not the expert, but part of my HR background 
is about bringing the best out of people, encouraging the right environment that they can express their ideas, opinions, and most importantly, deliver them. My role as, as, as now the Group Corporate Services Director is around clearing the path, making sure that people can deliver what they need to without the obstacles of the decision-making that sometimes can be a little bit slow, some of the um, budgetary requirements that are needed. So my role is getting them to really paint a real clear vision, challenging what they're thinking and why, what are the solutions that's gonna deliver um, to the business and making sure they've got the space to deliver that. And I think that's really important. I mean, lots of the experts we have in our organization have the knowledge, the expertise to really deliver. What we need to do is give them that space and time and encouragement and that belief. And sometimes things are not gonna go the way we want. And my role then is to sort of understand, not bang the table and berate, that's not what it's about, it's about learning, making sure we understand what went wrong, didn't, wasn't achieved, um, and why it wasn't achieved, and then move forward. Um, I worked with a guy many years ago of my days when I worked at Visa, a guy called Jeff Slorsky um, in the US, and one of his mantras was learn to fail faster. And I think it's a really interesting piece that yes, you can fail, but you have to do it quickly, um, not pour over it too often, and then move on with those learnings and get to another, another part of success, and that's what you want to do. And I think for me, it's uh, as the group corporate services I've now um, taken on legal and we have HR as well. So I've kept the HR roots and I think for me, it's a really great position to build on um, and, and, and feel flattered to be compared to Julie from Apple. Um, and so thank you for that. Um, and I wish you well in that move across, but it's a really interesting position. I think for me, if you keep people at the, the heart of everything and the decisions that you have to make, having to make work with people, making sure that you give them the right environment to develop their skills, listen to what they want to try and achieve and give them a real clear direction. I think you can be successful. You don't have to be an expert in each of those areas to be successful in that role. The next part is that is being able to identify key talent and bring that talent on and to really identify individuals who've got the capability in that area. And then you nurture them and bring them on and give them that, that freedom to operate. I think that's the, the key role of a manager. I think the other part that HR gives you is that understanding of people's motivations and what drives them. And not everybody chases money, not everybody chases titles. They want to be involved and part of that. And I think that's what the culture of, of Nelson's about. It's not about your title, it's not about politics. It's about coming together as an organization and delivering. Um, and delivering together, winning together and celebrating together. That's what we want to try and, and have created um, at Nelson's. So coming back to your question about what was it like at Nelson's when I first started? Mm. Um, it was a successful organization, um, but it had grown to a point where it needed some new energy coming through. And I joined in 2008 um, and the had joined a little bit earlier. And he had a real clear vision for what Nelson's wanted to be. Um, and so we set about to bond the journey of putting together a strap plan. But at those times, um, there were difficult times economically, so in the environment were, was changing. But we set up on that plan and we started to bring in new talents that identify what we needed to do and how we need to do it. And steadily, we've moved forward um, to grow the business. As we hit um, 2020, which was a, a real year, I think the foundations of having a good, strong, profitable organisation has helped us to where we are. Yes, we didn't really know what to expect in 2020. And we, as a leadership team and as a board, we sat down and really talked through what was going to be the worst case scenario. Um, and without any pre-existing model to fall back on, we started to do some um, worst case scenario planning. 
Unfortunately, we're in that situation where we've achieved more than that. I think that's the strength of an organisation being set up and managed well, not taking risks too far, but having that managed approach to running a business and making sure we kept the, uh, the organisation informed of what was going on and being transparent in what we need to do and getting people to focus and join in the decision making. Well, we had to make very difficult choices. Fortunately, through this period, we've not followed any of our employees. We've managed to keep everybody in there. We've not made any redundancies related to, to COVID. And so we're really pleased in making sure that we've looked after our employees through these times. And I think people feel it. I think one of the difficult parts of this time is, is the intensity of the work. Um, people have had um, to work from home for a period of time. We've kept our manufacturing site open um, under the very strict guidance of that social distancing, making sure PPE, extra cleaning routines. So we've made sure that all our employees are safe. And it comes back to that mantra that you develop as a, an HR professional is the safety and well-being of our people are the forefront of our decision-making. And so there was a very um, detailed discussion around how we should proceed and absolutely given the products that we make that, as you see, are more relevant now um, during these times when people are anxious, people are suffering from anxiety. Our products are there to really support them through these periods. And similarly, one of the big things we see coming um, and, and really is products is around immunity. That's obviously yes. given through um, a real strong position around Spartone. Spartone and IN is a real strong claims on immunity. And so people are more interested in um, medication, how they medic self-medicate using products that are natural and safe with very few side effects. And so therefore we've seen a great uplift in that, that view of Spartone, which is our iron rich water um, that's uh, produced in North Wales. Um, and then sent around the world. People have really seen that as a uh, product that can help them with that immunity uh, piece that, that's come to the forefront with this um, current situation. So we've, um, we've managed to, again, sustain a, a strong position um, throughout this period. And I think this is, again, through the people, through making sure that people understand what the challenges they're facing, what we need to get to, and getting them part of that decision-making process. Um, so I think it's been a, a challenging time, I think, yeah. from the history of the way we've come from, building a strong business, making sure financially we're strong, profitably we're strong, then when something like this hits, we're not, um, we're in a better position to ride through this. Looking to the rest of 2020, it's difficult to know where we are going to be and what the economy and what the, uh, the world is going to look like, but we're starting to look beyond the, the current normal into what the new normal will look like and how people are going to work and where people are going to work um, and how do we manage that balance because we talked a little bit earlier about working from home. Yeah. People are really finding it an intense work environment. They don't have the break of a commute. Their commute now is walking through one door to another. Maybe it's an office, maybe it's a, a, a corner of a bedroom. Um, but people are starting to um, feel the strain of working from home. So we're trying to make sure that we give clear direction about taking breaks, making sure that people can say no to meetings without that fear of missing out. Um, we've introduced the technologies that people have worked with and adopted brilliantly. I think from um, our view of the agility, I think agility is a real strong um, trait for an organisation to have. And when we um, took the decision to follow government advice and work from home, um, that was around the 17th of March. And to move our office-based staff to working from home without any um, impact to efficiency or effectiveness, really demonstrated the great work the IT team had put in to make sure that we were able to do that with very little impact on the day-to-day. -day. 
Um, sometimes it's, again, broadband issues, but on the whole, I think people have worked effectively. But similarly, what they've also felt is that they're back to back with telecom meetings, with team meetings on Zoom. And so they do feel drained and strained. So we're having to say, take a break, use the phone, get up, walk about, work different hours, because it's about the outputs. It's not about how much time you're sitting at your desk. It's yeah. about making sure you deliver and deliver well, not just I, I logged on at eight and I finished at eight in the evening. That's not what we're after. And it's not the culture that we want. It's about making sure we have the right balance um, between delivering, enjoying work, but also the, the family life that's so important for so many individuals. And as a family business, um, that's what we pride ourselves on. It's a family-bound business and has been um, since 1970s. And it's that family environment that we want. It's all families have arguments and the challenges that you go in that, and that's that's fine, and that's what we want to create. That that it's nothing wrong with challenge. It's the right challenge with the right intent. But similarly, we want to support each other and make sure people are getting that right balance and spend time with their family away from yeah. that. Well, that's really good to hear that you you've got that. As you say, that that obviously comes from the top in a family business. That kind of uh, encouragement um, to to take time and yeah we're all we're all getting used to the to, to spending our days looking at these screens and uh, you know having to interact in those ways so uh, and I was going to just take you back there to I mean as a, as a man who's responsible for both HR and IT this you know <laughs> big job this year because it seems to be you know that those are the two disciplines that everyone's talking about when this landed you know, it was how do we look after our people? How do we, you know, relocate them, get them working from home quickly? And is the tech there? So that, that was pretty much all on you from a, a strategic perspective. I mean, it sounds like you've done a great job. Thank you. And I, I'd like to claim all the credit, but I've got some great <laughs> guys uh, work for me and in the team. Um, and I think from the, the head of HR and, and from uh, head of IT, I think it's the investment prior to that. I think had we not done the groundwork prior to that event, we wouldn't have been ready to switch into a new technology, a new way of working before then, um, without that prep would have been, I will say disastrous, but it would have been a lot more clunky than we actually found it. So I think the investment in the IT infrastructure and the capabilities that we have has been over a long period of time. And the board and the owners um, have been really supportive in investment in technology. So in terms of uh, our investment, when I joined, there was investment continually. We made a major investment in introducing new ERP system in 2014 and so you can see that the there's a willingness to invest if the right business case is there and if we then deliver benefits from that so I think the the, the groundwork to the success has been built in the previous years rather than just simply in that that ability to respond on that day and when we did do the switch over um, it was relatively smooth I think the biggest part was trying to get monitors and laptops and to, to different people's homes um, while they're remaining in their, their home and how we deliver those things. Um, but I think it went um, relatively smoothly. And it was interesting um, when you flip back onto the people side and talk about it as a, a change management exercise. I think the adoption of Teams or Zooms, and we use another uh, technology as well. If we hadn't have been in this, this situation, how easy it would have got people to use those technologies is a question because there's been challenges where there's the connection's not been great or there's, it keeps dipping out. In the old world where you work in the office, you go, I'm not doing with this, that's it, I'm walking away from it. Whereas the need has been there, so people have had to persevere. And so therefore, I think that the, the, the crisis situation has caused that adoption of the technology and people have actually really enjoyed working with it. And I think you can still stay connected. Yes, it's different than um, when you sat in the same room together, 
but we have offices in Germany, in Monaco, in the US, and so this is part of how we've worked previously. And we've shown that you can really develop relationships over the technology that we have um, without having to fly everywhere. And I think that's one of the, the things that you look at now is how do we actually change our business model to then prevent that, that travel because it was felt as, is it absolutely needed? And if it is, yes, you have to. And as senior leaders, we have to visit our offices on a regular basis. But to look at, do we need to continue to do that? And is it a different way of working? That's something we have to consider. Then on the flip side of the people, it's about that change management. How do you get people to, to adopt this new normal with all this uncertainty and with all this worry and, and concern about um, the, uh, the pandemic that's going on around them? And similarly, how do we reassure people that we have a strong business? And I think it was really important for us to make a stance that we wouldn't be furloughing employees uh, at Nelson's or we wouldn't be making redundancies because we had a strong business and people were looking at purchasing our products even more. So for us, it was a really important message to tell to the individuals. And I think that's part of our approach in communication. It's about transparency, honesty. And one of our values, making sure we talk to individuals about that's why we're doing it. Doesn't mean you don't make tough decisions. Thanks, Simon. So what I want to do is, is take you back to, you're the, you're the head of HR, you, you've moved up, you've taken on internal comms, which we are seeing more and more in the market, actually. That's it, you know, so, and, and we've started offering internal comms solutions to our HR functions as well. So they're, they're, they're quite good partners, aren't they? There's an awful lot in common. But to then take on IT, this is, this is news, I, I think. And uh, I, I'm curious to know, I mean, were you delighted, frightened, both? How, how did this run and how did you kind of almost upskill and, and, and broaden your horizons to take on that bit? So I think absolutely delighted, um, but absolutely a little bit apprehensive. Um, but having said that, I'd been part of the steer car that introduced our new ERP system uh, back in 2014. And similarly, I'd been working on some of the, the steer car which, which oversaw the approval of certain projects and systems activities. So my um, contact with the IT team on a regular basis, and one of the guys that was the head of the IT team at that stage, um, I'd worked closely with and was providing a little bit of mentorship as well to on his leadership skills and capabilities. Right. Um, so there was a, 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 we'd worked around, it's not a big organization, so you're not separate completely from them and just an end user. You see those are in part of that decision making. So when the opportunity came along and the discussion with the CEO at the time, it was really great opportunity for me to take on board. And as I say, I do enjoy technology and I can see the opportunities. But it's also then bringing through that view of how HR work and the model they work. It's bringing in that business partnership. It's making sure that the IT team were out there in the business, understanding, finding out what were the issues, how technology can overcome those issues, and putting forward a very clear solution to that. And there's, there's um, and I'm sure in other IT teams, people will be in those situations where they feel that, they get called in at the last minute when some part of the business has spoken to a salesperson, love that piece of kit, want to implement it, and by the way, can you do it for us? And there's the complaint that we don't get involved early enough. And my view is you have to prove your value to the business. You have to be out there in amongst the business, understand what they're doing, understand the challenges they face, and then be part of that before they've even thought about developing a new system. Because that way you're part of their thinking. It's if you're not doing that and they call you when they've made a purchase, when they want it to be implemented, or we need some service space, can you get that done? That's the reaction that, that happens. Yeah. 
if you then build that business partnership relationship with them, then they will be part of that. You'll be part of that decision-making process and they'll see the value, they see what you're doing. And so it's making sure that the IT are in amongst the business, not waiting for them um, to ask the questions after the event. And it's the same that we did with the HR business partners. It's around sitting on the leaderships, leadership teams, um, understanding what people do. So then when they approach you, they don't have to explain what they do, who they are, because you know them already. And then the conversation starts off, what's the issue, concern, idea that they want to discuss, rather than explaining where they sit in the business, this is my role. And if you have to ask the question, so what do you do? That immediately turns off people. They're not interested <laughs> in having a conversation and sharing their issues, concerns, ideas, if you don't even really know them or their business. So that's the thing that really um, pushed forward in all of the areas that I look after now is being part of that business and proactively going out and meeting with them on a regular basis without having a topic to discuss. And I said, show interest. I've never been in an organization where people are shy about talking about themselves. Right. If you go and ask the question and ask genuinely what you do and how do you do it and what are the issues and what are the concerns, people will talk. Yeah. And people genuinely like sharing those because they're proud of what they do. They're in their career, they've chosen their career for a reason, and they're interested in other people who are interested in them. I said, that's when you, a relationship really works. And so that's a, a model in my mind that works across any of the disciplines that I look after. That's great. Be interested, interesting in what you do. Excellent. So you, you sort of took, took your, your, your existing people management and HR skills and embedded them in, in completely different functions and, and encouraged them to implement that and build better relationships. Absolutely. I think that that's the piece. And then the next part is having a clear vision of where you want to go. And that's part of looking at the technology. I said, you have to, as an IT head, start looking at the art of what's possible and how does that fit with our business? Uh, I think that's the piece when we look at the, the, the cloud computing and making off-premises um, choices rather than doing everything in-house. It gives you more agility and more capability. Yes, you have to make sure that it's safe and secure, but it's about making sure that all the opportunities are there and then we present it to the business in the right way that they can see, I need, they very rarely talk about a system, they talk about the problems that they have. We need better reporting, we need better understanding, we need more information to be able to give us information to make the decisions. How do we do that? And that's where the guys step in. And that's where they have their expertise to be able to say, okay, I understand this is how often, where, what does it need to look like? Who's going to access it? And all of those things. And then can then match up those. And have you thought about, can we do this? Yes, there are some individuals who feel um, Excel is the, the answer to all evils um, <laughs> and want to do it themselves. Um, and those where it comes in is that change management. Talk through, understand, show them comparisons, show what they can do in a new way and bring them on. And then it's back into most of the things that you do require that skills and capability uplift. So if we're making a change to a system or a process, make sure everybody understands what they need to do, how they need to do it, and the training is there to support that. And it's not always easy, but I think as we look at other opportunities of online training, and particularly when we can get classrooms together, you can get the virtual classrooms, you can give yeah. people access to online training. And so that's why it's a really good connectivity that you can think about how do I get skills into individuals in a way that they learn best. Not everybody likes to be sitting in a classroom. Not everybody likes to sit and pour over a manual. So you can do a different mix with, with the podcast and they can do it anytime they want. 
yeah. classroom you stuck to at a certain time and it may not suit people's uh, working um, styles and family commitments and so for me to have that flexibility where they can do the training at a time that suits them is a really powerful thing so that's why it, you're always referring back to your sort of your core skills of hr um and i think for me you keep that in mind making sure that you follow the right steps making sure that you understand and why is the reason to move people will move with you definitely so i mean it's, it's hard because I, I sense you're in a business that has got that great family culture the people are are probably there for a great reason they're engaged i would imagine because because of the products yeah. i mean you're quite close to london so people have got options yet you've got good staff retention good employee engagement so you're you're clearly doing a great job um moving forwards i suppose bearing all that in mind what in, in people perhaps that are in organizations less like that is there any advice you'd give hr professionals that are looking to broaden out their skill set into perhaps looking forward to a COO or a, a group corporate director role or something like that. You know, is there anything that you think would, would stand them in good stead if they're maybe thinking about that over the next five years? Hey, first thing is make sure that your, your core function is running well and delivers success. I think nothing gives you better um, springboard to take on other things is success. And if you deliver things and making sure things work well, that's a really key, a clear advantage to move forward. But I think it's also showing an interest and taking that opportunity because sometimes you're in those situations where you're part of an organizational change from your HR pen and they say, well, we need somebody to look after. Volunteer, ask the questions and show that you can be part of that, that new piece and show an interest and be curious. Um, there was a time um, and I spent a short period of time as a, the GM of the UK because we'd, um, the, the GM had moved on. There was a space of... Um, probably about three, four months, where I acted as the head of the GM um, of the UK team, which is a really interesting opportunity and gave me the insight of what it works in that commercial team, the challenges they face, and what it feels like to be um, given the directions from the centre and the frustrations they feel when directions come without clarity, the number of times they're asked the same question, all of those things. So I think it's if an opportunity arises, give it a well and demonstrate. But I think you also have to... Um, learn. I think it's learning from external opportunities, not necessarily just training courses, but meet peers, go to sessions on particular topics. Um, mine was around SAP and moving towards the new um, version of SAP that's coming forward um, in the mid-20s. I think for me, it's attending sessions, listening to invites, speaking with peers and getting a network of individuals that you can talk with. But it's also then listening to the guys in your team, listening to them and not trying to challenge them with your expertise that you know more. It's around you have a management capability that can help steer them to the best results. I think you have to be able to stand by your team and stand in front so things are don't deliver or don't you stand up there and you take responsibility for that. You are the one that's accountable for it, so you stand there. When the praise comes and it's gone well, that's when you push your team forward and get them the spotlight to show that they've delivered and they've delivered well. I think for me, that's where it's taking the opportunities and making yeah. sure that you're interested in talking to your um, your manager in, in explain what you want to become, explain why you want to do those things. And that's, again, when your personal development plans really talk around, this is what I'd like to do. And you may have to take a, a, a leap of faith and do now that you don't really know much of, but take the time, understand, spend time and, and listen. I think that's probably a big part is listening to 
um, the individuals that are in, in that role, listen to your peers and colleagues who talk about that particular function, be it legal, be it for my particular case, comms, IT, um, understand what, what the concerns are and how do you resolve them. And you don't necessarily have to make all the decisions, but understand what the issues are and work with your team to come up with a plan of action that will overcome those issues and help drive the business. And I remember when the HR business partner was first implemented back many years ago, um, and it was that to, you have to make sure that the basics are done well before they'll actually, the business will allow you to become part of that wider uh, piece and, and wider decision-making in their group. And that's absolutely key. They have to understand what you bring to the table and why. And if you don't do the basics well, there is no point in trying to expand your role. So then you get into that understanding, really understand, and then you can offer solutions. And eventually that, that relationship turns around where they're coming to you and asking you to be part of this right. rather than you asking to be part of it. And I think that's the, the good transition for them. Excellent. Thank you. So final question for you then, I suppose. I mean, we, everyone's been through a lot this year. Um, uh, businesses have had to react quite quickly to a number of things. Obviously, we're, we're, everyone's slightly apprehensive, I think, about what the future holds. But assuming we start to see versions of normality resuming, what what are your what, what are you hoping for maybe from more an hr perspective because that's that's the majority of our audience you know what how do you think hr will need to adapt and change to make sure it stays you know relevant and cutting edge in 2021-2022 for me i think there's this adapting to the new norm and really getting to grips with a new working environment and i think that's easier said than done actually i think we can say the technology exists but how do we manage successfully remotely? How do we get people to really connect? And I think that's the piece that we want to. How do you then maintain a culture when you may not be in the same office on a regular basis? So I think that's the piece that, that to get us into that transition into what this new normal looks like. And people will be wanting to work from home, wanting to work more flexibly. So we have to break down the barriers of what we feel is traditional. Um, and if somebody wants to work their hours over a weekend because it works better for childcare. Could that happen? How could that happen? And what can we do? I think the, the other piece is about that engagement and around making sure that people engage with an organisation remotely. Because people make friendships and have that social aspect at work, that the, the drinks after work and that, how do you still maintain that friendship and that, that connection as a collective if we're a remote site? And we have it already in our organisation with the remote offices that we have. But how do we do it when that's your normal way of working? And people who could live in the same town are not necessarily coming to the office as they have done. So and that's a big change in people's mindset. If they've always worked in a nine to five office environment, what does that end then working from home in the evening? How do we get people to change and, and still be there? I think for me, the next piece is about performance management. Right. Really, how do we then link in that performance management? And there's been lots of discussions over the recent years of do we do the, the annual performance reviews, the mid-years, and how does that really drive performance? And I think people have to look at how can we actually enhance that performance? What mechanisms can we reward people with? So I think we still, it's not revolutionary, but it's doing things and thinking in different ways and thinking of different tools that people can um, engage our employees in what we're doing. The other thing for me that's coming through and going to be a, a real driver for how people connect is that corporate social responsibility. 
Wow. How are we impacting on our environment? How are we impacting our communities? How we work um, together and are we an ethical business? So I think there's lots of work that needs to do that because as new people join our organisations, they're asking the questions. Unfortunately, we're in a good position where we've got a real clear strategy of CSR. But I think it's so important to engage. People's view are not just solely about themselves now and what they can earn and how can they drive promotion. They want to understand how our organisation impacts on the wider community. And for us, that's a really important part of our engagement process, that we have that clear strategy. This is what we're doing. All the ways down to the volunteering and make sure that we have real clear volunteering policies. But also, are people doing it? You can have as many policies in the world, but if very few people take it up. So it's about actively encourage people to be part of the wider community and to support those things. And I think we've got to have access and we have to start looking at how do we bring and give people opportunities to join Nelson's. And it's a great business. I'm obviously biased, but I think it's a great business to be in. We are, um, have really strong ambitions. We've got uh, new products coming through the pipeline. We want to continue to grow. We have the ambition of doubling in size. Mm. And that's not just a monetary term, that's doubling the number of users right. um, that we have for our products. And that's a real passionate driver for people because mm. they can see that our products do make a difference to people's lives on an everyday basis. So if we can then double the number of users, it will double the size of our business, but we focus on the users. If we right. get people to understand what our products do, can find our products in the right outlets, be it online or in store, mm. it has a real impact on their lives. And that gives a real great motivation to people that work in Nelson's when they see the difference. And it has been through my career. I think the healthcare is such a great environment to work in mm. because you see an, an end result. You see people's lives are different following an intervention of one of your products. So for me, it's a really great environment to work in. And when you see that difference, it gives you that extra motivation to go that bit further, to find that, that solution, to deliver that product to the market in the right way in the right, at the right time. So I think from a, um, an HR perspective, that's the environment that you want to, to, to work and try and create. It's that agility that people can work together irrespective of where they are. And it links in with technology. How do I give people that technology? That people have that knowledge that they can get to through systems, through people, that ideas and concepts that may not have worked five years ago but could work now is not lost in the ether. People yeah. can get to the information, can find out what they want to do and really bring it together to provide a solution. So I think that's that combination and how do we then bring people together virtually to enhance and continue with the culture. Those I think are the key drivers for me in the future. That's great. Thank you. Hey, Simon, thanks so much. You're very generous with your time. I know you're a busy man and um, it's been great to catch up with you. Um, I, I mean, for the listeners' benefit, I, I see Simon quite a lot. Don't we? we don't live too far. We've got, we've got the same name. We, we've got a love of cycling. You know, we have the HR link. So, you know, I'll be talking to you again soon, no doubt. But um, it would be great to maybe do another one of these in a year or two and just see how the business has grown and developed and see if you guys really can, you know, Double the, double the amount of users, double the size of your business with, you know, products that are, are more relevant now than ever and with, you know, a business strategy that really uh, succeeds. So uh, thanks for your time today. Thank you, Simon. Really, really pleased you gave me the opportunity to have a, have a discussion on this. Thank you. That's great. Thanks, Simon. Cheers.